Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks and I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. It's been a while since we've been able to come in on a Monday morning and have a positive discussion about the St. Louis Cardinals, which means it's been a while since we've been able to enjoy our discussions <laughs> with Katie Wu of The Athletic. But we can do exactly that as the Cardinals have won six of their last seven and sweep the Boston Red Sox over the weekend. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. Hope your travels went well today. How are you doing this afternoon? Guys, I'm doing well, you know, and I feel like if this would be the first time this season where if I offered this show a vibe check, you guys would pass it. I know it's kind of hard not to when you look at what the Cardinals were able to do over their last road trip. Again, going five and one, first sweep of the series or of the season, sweeping Boston over the weekend. Overall, just collectively better baseball, and I think that's refreshing for all parties, right? Yeah, but if you did a vibe check here, Katie, I think one person would have the positive vibe and then two people would be like, meh, there's still a little more to prove. Katie, if you had to guess who the positive vibes are coming from, who would you guess that would be? I'm going to, you know, not not my usual pick, but I feel like BK has some positive vibes this week. Yeah, well, BK's had positive vibes in the first month of the season. Every week we'd show up on Monday and be like, this is it, boys. This is the homestand where they get it right. And then we all know what took place after that. I had like a three-day stretch where things went really far south for me, and that was like... It, when they lost against Detroit regularly. Yeah, he was in the dumps and then <laughs> said, I'm out. And then, of course, he shows up today and says they're winning 90-plus games. Katie, where are you at on this team? Like, obviously, it is an incredibly small sample size. They still have the worst record in the National League as of today. So, like, it, it's totally reasonable to say I, I need to see a little bit more. But where are you at today on the St. Louis Cardinals? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the record and the overall body of work over the first six weeks, and no one is, like, screaming and happy about it, right? The Cardinals still are nine games under 500. They have a long way to go. But I thought the way that the guys are breaking down the rest of the season is really smart. They're essentially saying, we have to forget about April because we can't change how those games went. We can't change how much or how little success we had during the first month of the season. But we can control what the next five months look like. So, yes, the Cardinals have a significant hole to kind of chip away at for the rest of the season. But I thought it was so imperative for this club to go into the road and show some resolve and show some grit. And for me, it wasn't just that they won games. It was how they won games, especially in Boston. I mean, we saw back-to-back comeback wins in different regards in the first and second game of the series. We saw some offense coming along in the Chicago and Boston series. Nolan Arenado's found his swing. You can make the argument if it's sustainable or if it's just a really good, uh, you know, burst of offense. There are certainly things the Cardinals need to improve on, but... I thought they went into the the uh, road trip, and if they went 500, I would have taken that as a win. The fact that they went five and one is super encouraging. 
Katie, the good news for the Cardinals is that they have figured out the issue with Wilson Contreras behind the plate, and they said he's fixed. Our toy is ready to be used now behind the plate with our pitching staff, so he goes right back there tonight with Jack Flaherty. Yo, this team, you know what? I'm a drama queen. I'm a, like, I can admit that. I really can. I think it's part of my personality, and I feel like I can pull it off. And I am left at a loss for words sometimes on this team's ability to take whatever situation is going on and take it to the exact, like, the most extreme level possible, <laughs> which is what this whole Contreras situation has been. Um, yeah, that's the elephant in the room, right? The Brewers are coming back for three games, or coming to Bush Stadium for three games. Cardinals have a chance to make up some significant ground in the standings. And Wilson Contreras, despite, you know, the club and the front office saying it was going to be a significant while before he was catching games again, I believe it's been eight days, possibly nine. Of course. He'll, uh, he'll catch Jack Flaherty tonight. You guys... I asked, you know, various parties, whether it was Ollie Marmol, Jack Flaherty, Wilson, if there was any significance in the pairing uh, with Jack today, and they all said no. I'm not sure I'm completely buying that. I think it's really important for Wilson and Jack to get on the same page, to their credit. They have all said the right things publicly, and I do think that meeting that Flaherty had with Wilson, with Adam Wainwright, with Ollie, really helped. Um, I, but, you know, it's, it's puzzling to me to understand why that was made such a big deal for the Cardinals to just nine days later revert course and put him back behind the plate. Uh, we'll see how it goes, right? Katie, here's the part that I don't understand with it. Like, you you essentially do what you do, and it starts with Jack Flaherty saying that we don't understand what they're calling with two strikes, which is pointing the finger at Wilson Contreras and essentially saying our pitching staff is struggling because of Wilson. You say we're taking him out for a few weeks so that he can get right. Wilson Contreras says yesterday that, you know, the preparation's the same. He's the same guy, and now he's going back behind the plate with the pitcher that essentially called him out so the team has won six of their last seven with Andrew Kisner behind the plate but now we're saying that it's not on Wilson Contreras so he's going to go back behind the plate if this happens in a loss tonight I expect all hell to break loose with the Cardinals I've been mentally preparing uh, for post game both for a win and a loss for about 48 hours now but (laughs) no it's it's a good point right I think when when you make such a big public ordeal and maybe the Cardinals for whatever reason did not think that moving Wilson indefinitely from behind the plate was going to be a big deal. You know, I don't know why they would think that, but maybe they did. Um, but maybe they were unaware of the, of the backlash this would have or the ripple effect it would have throughout the industry. But when you make such a public statement and you have Jack, who is supposed to be, you know, one of the top guys in your rotation, you know, has not performed up to expectations at all really this year. And there seems to be that sort of disconnect. You need to address it, of course. But the way that this has gone about has just been almost tiring. Uh, and so we'll see, we'll see what goes on with Wilson tonight and going forward. Ollie Marmel said, you know, all the roles are, are back how they should be right. You know, Wilson's going to catch for the, for the foreseeable future. They'll work in Kisner and some reserve starts. And honestly, we should probably be singing some praises for Andrew Kisner and what he's been able to do. I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, but how we evaluate the pitching staff and the catching staff going forward now, I think is going to be really heightened just based on the last 10 days of speculation and, controversy that the Cardinals really all parties brought on themselves. So we'll see how, how Jack fares. Um, you know, he hasn't had the best couple of starts lately. Not quite sure we can pin it all on the cash or all on the pitcher. I think it's obviously a combination of the two. So we'll see how those two work tonight. Katie was our guest here on 101 ESPN. You can read her work over at The Athletic. You can also follow her on Twitter. She's at Katie J. Wu. She had a couple of pieces this weekend from Boston, one on Nolan Gorman, one on Nolan Arenado. I want to get to Gorman, but let's start with Arenado because 
I feel like this weekend was the first time that we've really seen him feel like he broke out, had a home run in all three games, was hitting the ball hard all weekend long. And it was kind of a continuation of what we saw at Wrigley. Uh, Katie, and you're talking with Nolan Arenado, your time being around this team over the last week or so. Do you think he is all the way back or is he still kind of working his way into getting back to being the MVP candidate that we saw last year? Yeah, good question. I mean, it's no secret that what Nolan was putting together in April and early May was probably one of the worst stretches of his career. He just looked completely lost, like a shell of himself. And he wore both his personal performance and those losses so personally, because when you are Nolan Arenado and you are the one of the faces of the franchise, you know, you're a catalyst of the offense. You, you take those losses personally because he felt like, you know, he was contributing to them in such a dire way. And you're seeing what this offense looks like when he's clicking, and it's a completely different offense. You know, for Nolan, it's all about feel. He's one of the best players, I think, in, in his generation, uh, certainly a Hall of Famer. And I think that he's more or less has figured it out because his whole time he was searching to figure out what was wrong. He knew it was a rhythm issue. He knew he was feeling out of sync. He went into Chicago working on some things with Turner Ward because he felt like he had an idea that it was something with his hands. They took extensive video. Finally, uh, after the end of the Chicago series, he was able to identify the hand issue and went in and made some changes and immediately saw the results. He laughed. He goes, you know, it's not always going to transfer like that, but I'm certainly glad that it did. Um, he likes hitting at Fenway. He likes aiming for the green monster, evidently with his three home runs over it <laughs> over the weekend. It's Hard to hit be a pull, a pull hitter at Bush Stadium. We know this, but I think what we saw in Boston was a good sign that he's turned the corner. They'll have a good test against the Brewers. They got Freddie Peralta, Wade Miley, who up until his last start against the Dodgers looked to be one of the top pitchers in the National League. And we know how the Cardinals usually fare against Corbin Burns. So I think this will be a good test in the Milwaukee series to see where exactly Nolan Arnato is and his return to hopefully contributing consistently in the heart of the order. And Nolan Gorman's going to be a big part of that as well, Katie. Wanted to ask you about him. You had a piece on him and his uh, contributions over the weekend. I, I expect to see him in the lineup tonight against Peralta. I will be curious to see how they handle him tomorrow against a lefty. And I know that's something that you talked about with Ollie Marmol. This is a guy that's on pace for 36 home runs this year. He very rarely sees the field against left-handed starters. And honestly, I think the positive side of that is what we saw on Friday and Saturday, where he can come in in a big spot as a pinch hitter when you need him, and he's able to deliver some big-time blows. Do you think we're going to see him more regularly, though, against left-handed starters in the not-too-distant future, Katie? Yep, great question, great points. And when I asked this question over the weekend, um, Ollie Marble couldn't help himself and is totally playful, but he just started busting out laughing and shook his head and he goes, I knew coming into the series you would be the one to ask this question. <laughs> I would have bet my house on it, and I like my house. So he's he's clearly aware of the narrative with Nolan Gorman. And his rationale over the last, you know, two weeks or so really made sense on why Gorman isn't seeing a lot of the bats against left handed uh, starters. They didn't really have any opportunity for him to do that with their self inflicted roster jam of putting Contreras in the DH. You have to get at bats for Brennan Donovan. And Paul DeYoung, you actually really can't sit him right now. He's one of the best offensive players on the team. And when you look at the how hard it is to find consistent bats right now for players like Tommy Edmond, Juan Yepes, Alec Burleson, it made sense to sit Gorman because of the logjam. They have to play their other guys as well. And also, I think it's a great point, BK, when you have a lefty power hitter that can change the game with one swing that is such a valuable asset to have on your bench and we certainly saw the cardinals reap the reward not once but twice in the last three days but ollie marmel did acknowledge you know at some point we're going to have to see what nolan gorman can do against left-handed pitchers 
That's not lost on him. That's not lost on the organization. Right now, they feel like there's too big of a roster crunch to do that, but that is on their radar. You know, they're stressing a little bit of patience. He did take in a bat against the lefty reliever on Sunday. He walked, uh, you know, baby steps. But for right now, the Cardinals are aware, you know, that they are eventually going to have to see what Nolan Gorman can do against lefty starters, but they feel like they don't really have the ability to do that with the way their roster is currently constructed. And, of course, he has been pretty splitty in his career. You, have, you can't make the argument, well, how are they ever going to know if he's going to be splitty forever if they don't give him a shot? I think that's valid. But for right now, I can certainly understand why the Cardinals are playing Nolan Gorman the way that they are. We'll be reading your work, Katie, over on The Athletic as you cover this series, a, a pivotal series for the Cardinals against the Milwaukee Brewers this week. Jack Flaherty on the mound tonight, and he will be throwing, of course, to Wilson Contreras, who is back behind the plate. Appreciate the time, as always. Thank you so much. We'll talk with you again soon, Katie. You guys, you got it. Thanks for having me. Talk soon.